the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the, let's see, today's the Wednesday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I am back from North Carolina where I spent the last several days working with the uh, Restored Hope Network. They held their conference there and then had a rather difficult trip back home. I'll talk more about it on Friday. I was going to do that today, but there's so much news to talk about. I'll put that off until the end of the week. Anyway, glad to be back. Just received my um, my luggage today. So um, that gives you maybe a little thought about <laughs> the ordeal that I face trying to get back to um, back to my home and back to this uh, this mic. Anyway, glad to be here. Want to thank James Blend for producing Sam Maupin for engineering and holding down the fort and uh, grateful for that. Today on the program, I'm looking forward to a conversation. In fact, it's a conversation I had earlier today with Michael Terry, who is the publisher of Camus Life magazine, and he's also the co-founder of Patriots United. Uh, Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum that's coming up next Tuesday, the 21st of June at the RV Inn Style Resort Convention Center. And we'll tell you more about that when he joins me in the second hour of today's program. If you can't wait for that conversation, however, we would like to learn more about this Camus, I should say, uh, Clark County uh, candidates forum. You can go to PatriotsUnitedWA.com and learn more. Uh, PatriotsUnitedWA.com slash register if you want to register for the event. And that information is on the uh, website for KPDQ and the Facebook page as well. Well, Tuesday marked the 247th birthday of the U.S. Army, an institution that existed even before the nation it supports. The Revolutionary War began in April of 1775 in Massachusetts as small skirmishes between militiamen and British regulars. When the Second Continental Congress later convened in Philadelphia in May that year, the delegates soon realized that war was upon them and that it was going to take more than militia to win independence. On the 14th of June, 1775, Congress directed that six companies of expert riflemen be immediately raised in Pennsylvania, two in Maryland and two in Virginia, and as soon as completed shall march and join the army near Boston to be there employed as light infantry under the command of the chief officer in that army. Well, in addition to reinforcing the defenses around Boston, Congress's order also brought into existence America's army. In the intervening 247 years, the army's been involved in most uh, most of the defining moments of American history, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, two world wars, other conflicts, school integration, uh, restoring order during riots, the integration of the armed forces, the construction of the Panama Canal, supporting citizens harmed by natural disaster like Hurricane Katrina. If you ever see the official army flag, you'll notice it is festooned with streamers, about 190 of them. To be exact, each of these ribbons denotes the army's participation in a military campaign, and clearly there have been many of them. 
Well, on its 247th birthday, which again was yesterday, the Army is facing significant challenges attracting volunteers to join its ranks. And of course, we have an all-volunteer Army. The tight labor market, coupled with rising numbers of Americans who can't medically qualify for military service, is causing recruiting shortfalls. In addition to that, shortfalls in civic education, declining numbers of veterans in society, and a general skepticism of American institutions is also causing a reduction. Well, the Army has a proud history of dedication to our country and its ideals, as signified by the 190 streamers surrounding its flag. It's protected and served the Republic during its toughest times. The patriots serving in its ranks today around the globe deserve our thanks. And this is an appropriate day, or at least yesterday was, and I suppose every day, to just offer that. Happy birthday to the Army. I stood in line waiting for my luggage, which just arrived this afternoon, uh, behind a young man who is ROTC. He was here from Minnesota uh, in the Army and had a, a wonderful conversation with him about what motivated him to serve his country And he, like many others, are stepping up to do just that. Well, pro-abortion terrorist group Jane's Revenge, which has claimed credit for a string of recent attacks on pregnancy centers across the country, on Tuesday declared open season on pro-life organizations as we wait for the Supreme Court ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. And it draws closer. Well, in a statement posted by the uh, uh, news website on Tuesday, the organization, Organization vowed to attack any pro-life group that doesn't close their doors. Those pro-life organizations that do shut down will be spared, the group said. But until you do, it's open season and we know where you where your operations are. Now, tomorrow we're going to talk with the uh, CEO of the Portland Pregnancy Resource Center's uh, first image and uh, talk about what happened when their facility was uh, was assaulted and uh, much of it burned and what happens next and how they're responding to this season of rage as uh, the proponents have described it. Uh, they went on to say that through attacking, we find joy, courage and strip the veneer of impenetrability held by these violent institutions. Now they're referring to the pregnancy resource centers as violent institutions Clearly, the statement or the person writing the statement has no idea what the PRCs do. First of all, they're not a political organization. They don't advocate unless it's for their own existence. They simply serve women who are looking to carry their children to term to find out if they're pregnancy and provide the help. Even if they make an abortion decision, they are there when that regret sets in. Anyway, everyone with the urge to paint, to burn, to cut, to jam, now is the time, the statement goes on to say, go forth, go forth rather, and manifest the things you wish to see, end quote. Well, Jane's Revenge took responsibility for the attack in um, at the Compass Care Pro-Life Christian Pregnancy Facility in Buffalo, New York. It was firebombed, uh, shattered glass, torched the interior. They left an ominous message that's been spray painted at the scene of other attacks across the country. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Now, the pregnancy resource centers have absolutely no role in what the Supreme Court will or will not uh, permit. And yet this is the challenge they face. Uh, We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But um, once again, this terrorist group also owned up to other recent events in Madison, Wisconsin, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, in Missouri, in uh, Olympia, Washington, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Linwood, Washington, Washington, D.C., Asheville, North Carolina, Buffalo, New York, Hollywood, Florida, Vancouver, Washington, Frederick, um, uh, Maine, Denton, Texas, Gresham, Oregon, Eugene, 
Portland and other locations. I hope you are praying for these um, these pregnancy centers. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. More on that tomorrow, but we'll be back with more news in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, the House passed a bill extending additional government-funded security to the Supreme Court justices and their families today, sending the legislation to the president for final approval. It took quite some time to get to that point. The House voted 396 to 27 in favor of the bill, with only Democrats voting against. The Senate passed the bill by voice vote on May the 9th with threats to justices after the leak of a draft opinion indicating the court could overturn Roe versus Wade. Interestingly enough, those drafts uh, are not reliable until they're actually released. They can be changed up until the day before, but it may in fact uh, have remained the same. We don't know. Well, the bill was initially sponsored by Senators John Cornyn of Texas and Chris Coons of Delaware, Republican and uh, Democrat, respectively. Well, Senate Majority, rather Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell called on House Democrats to stop their blockade of the bill on June the 8th after an armed man was arrested near Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home and subsequently charged with attempted murder. House Democrats must pass this bill and they need to do it today. No more fiddling around with this. They need to pass it today, McConnell said at the time. Well, House Democrats initially wanted the bill to include funding for security for the families of Supreme Court clerks. However, that provision was not included in the legislation passed on Wednesday. Well, in the days following the leak of the draft opinion that would overturn Rose's um, uh, decision, protesters demonstrated outside the homes of several Supreme Court justices. Both pro and anti-abortion protesters have demonstrated outside the court itself in recent weeks. And the decision is expected to be announced at any point uh, moving forward. Well, inflation hit 8.6% in May, accelerating at a faster rate than was anticipated as the average price of gas topped $5 per gallon nationally for the first time in U.S. history. The inflation rate hit the fastest rate of increase since December of 1981. Rather than slowing down, inflation appears to be picking up speed. Hello, stagflation and hello, recession. At least that's what business leaders are increasingly saying. But first, a few more numbers for context. Energy prices rose 3.9% over last month, bringing the total energy price increase to 34.6% over last year. Housing costs increased 0.6% in May, marking the fastest one-month increase since March of 2004. Over the past year, average housing prices have risen 5.5%, an annual rate not seen since February of 91. And food price increases are also showing no sign of slowing. Last month recorded a 1.2% jump, setting the total annual price growth at 10.1%. Meanwhile, despite a 0.3% average hourly earnings increase, real wage growth isn't keeping up with inflation, meaning costs are outstripping the minimum wage gains or I should say minimal wage gains. Those uh, escalating prices meant workers took another a pay cut during the month. Uh, real wages, when accounting for inflation, fell 0.6% in April. On a 12-month basis, real average hourly earnings were down 3%. In short, in the uh, current economy, Americans are collectively uh, getting poorer and fears that an inevitable recession is coming, if uh, not already here, have set in. 
It's hard to look at May's inflation data and not be disappointed. One economist says that's John Lear. We're just not yet seeing any sign that we're in the clear. Well, the first quarter of 2022 saw the U.S. economy shrink by 1.5 percent. According to a CNBC survey of chief financial officers, 68 percent believe that the U.S. will be in a recession by the first half of 2023. In fact, no CFO forecast a recession any later than the second half of next year. And no CFO thinks the economy will avoid recession. In other words, for America's business leaders, it's not a question of if it's a matter of when the recession will hit. Well, the Federal Reserve has raised the interest rate in an effort to slow inflation, but it hasn't yet worked. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon recently put the situation in perspective by stating, and I quote, you know, I said there's storm clouds, but I'm going to change it. It's a hurricane, end quote. Tesla's CEO Elon Musk also ominously said that uh, he had a super bad feeling about the economy. Well, don't we all? A super bad feeling about the economy. Well, as mentioned, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised its benchmark interest rate by 75 basis points for the first time in nearly three decades as policymakers intensify their fight to cool red hot inflation, a move that threatens to slow U.S. economic growth and exacerbate financial pressures on Americans. The 75 basis point hike, the first since 94, underscores just how serious Fed officials are about crushing rising prices after a string of alarming economic reports. The move puts the key benchmark federal funds rate at a range between 1.50 percent and 1.75 percent, the highest since the pandemic began two years ago. Officials also laid out an aggressive path to a rate increase for the remainder of the year with new economic projections released after the two day meeting showing that policymakers expect interest rates to hit 3.4 percent by the end of 2022, which would be the highest level since 2008. By comparison, the March estimates show that officials had penciled in rates hitting 2.5 percent by year's end. Well, policymakers expect rate hikes to conclude in 2023 at a peak of 3.8 percent and have projected several interest rate cuts in 2024, a sign that the Fed could be bracing for a slowdown in the coming years. Meanwhile, President Biden may resort to using emergency powers if American oil companies don't increase output at their refineries. The president told oil CEOs in a series of letters on Wednesday. The president's statement blames oil companies for running historically high profit margins, even as Americans experience surging gas prices. The president has recently faced criticism for a lack of executive action aimed at curbing inflation. Uh, There's no question that Vladimir Putin is principally responsible for the intense financial pain the American people and their families are bearing, the president wrote. But amid a war that has raised gasoline prices more than $1.70 per gallon, historically high refinery profit margins are worsening that pain, end quote. Well, the president sent letters to Marathon Petroleum Corps, Valero um, Energy Corporation, ExxonMobil, Phillips 66, Chevron, BP and Shell. Well, in other news, in a recalifornia, San Francisco voters uh, recalled progressive D.A. Chezo Boudin uh, over his soft on crime policies. And lashing out, Turkey's Islamist leaders are using NATO to get a free hand and punish U.S. allies. House GOP conference chair Lee Stefanik led a counter-programming event for the January 6th committee's first televised hearings on Thursday last week. And a Washington Post op-ed asked if it's time for black people to flee the country. 
Wow. If the Washington Times had asked that question, the hue and cry would have been heard around the globe. Georgetown law students say the uh, the Ilya Shapiro controversy is a disgrace. And in a late night lashing, President Biden blasted Republicans and former President Trump during his first network interview in 118 days on a late night comedy program. Following a mother's intuition, preschool teachers were arrested after a classroom video captures alleged abuse. And in school safety, a Senate bill pushes unused COVID-19 money to securing schools in the wake of mass shootings. Offering some choice words, the GOP slammed House Democrats for stalling the SCOTUS protection bill after a suspect was charged with trying to kill Justice Kavanaugh. That bill has now passed and is awaiting the president's signature. In a Takai takedown, Twitter roasted the liberal Hollywood actor for his gun control tweet that accidentally supported the Second Amendment. Energy surge. Texas is under threat of rolling blackouts amid a heat wave as the state energy officials claim there is no need to worry. North Carolina, while I was there, temperatures 100 degrees and above. In a presidential pivot, the Biden administration announced the partial reversal of key Trump Middle East policy after a wave of terrorism, calling it reckless rhetoric. Democrats and the media are being scrutinized for their words on abortion after a Justice Kavanaugh assassination attempt. Abortion escalation, pro-abortion activists demonstrated outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. And in a contribution controversy, a watchdog hit a Democrat with an ethics complaint saying she campaigned from her Capitol office, which is not permitted. Ulterior motives, GOP lawmakers called out um, Representative Jamie Raskin for allegedly using the January 6th hearing to promote and end the Electoral College. And apparently it was not fit to print. The attempted murder of Justice Kavanaugh was neglected by the front pages of major U.S. newspapers. Saying just get rid of it, a CNN op-ed called for the repeal of the Second Amendment. We'll continue to wind our way through some of the news headlines from the last several days. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in the second hour, we'll talk with Michael Terry. He's the publisher of Camus Life magazine and co-founder of Patriots United, Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum Tuesday night. That's the 21st at the RVN Style Resort Convention Center. Uh, the mission of the Patriots uh, Unite is to change the trajectory of Washington state from radical uh, ideology to conservative values. Um, they're going to cover a number of issues. You can find out more at PatriotsUnitedWA.com slash register. Sounds like a great event. You'll have an opportunity to hear directly from candidates and to address your questions to them as well. We'll talk with him uh, later on in the second hour of today's program. Well, in school secrets, counselors and teachers are hiding students' transgender status from their parents. And behind the curtain, the Biden's White House, the Biden White House uh, hosted several defund the police activists over the past year. The visitors log show inconvenient truth. GOP rep says uh, Dems can't admit good guys with guns can stop bad guys and with bad guns. Well, in a case of partisan pride rage, several liberal LGBTQ groups expressed anger after a GOP governor hosted a series of pride events. I'm having trouble making that math out. Stormy forecast, Michael Avenatti, 
Uh, the former lawyer for Stormy Daniels signals he's done fighting the remaining criminal cases against him. In a total knockout, a YouTube influencer turned pro boxer Jake Paul pummels President Biden for the state of the economy, claiming his voters are the American problem. Managing misconceptions, homeschooling parents are pushing back on criticism that they are ill-prepared, ill-equipped to teach the basics to their children. Aggressively disin- uh, disinformationed, <laughs> Twitter slammed the uh, Commerce Secretary's claim that President Biden is very serious about bringing down gas prices. Trey Gowdy says call on the January 6th committee to allow cross-examination of the witnesses who made allegations against the former president last Thursday. Mark Levin argued that the January 6th hearings are an abomination to the American system. Saying words matter, Republican National Committee woman Ronna McDaniel says the left's political violence is tied to dangerous Democrat rhetoric with regard to abortion. Mysterious deaths, the Iranian Armed Forces announced the death of two aerospace employees, the latest in a series of mysterious deaths in recent weeks that have raised red flags concerning the country's internal affairs. And shouldn't even be asked, the White House laughed off a question about the president's physical and mental stamina. Enough is enough. California Representative Dara Issa slams Representative AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Speaker Pelosi over the Supreme Court of the United States security bills stall, calling it astonishing. Protecting students, Ohio's governor signed a law allowing teachers and school staff to carry guns within 24 hours of training which is required saying the president is unfit for office. Florida Senator Rick Scott says president Biden destroyed America's economy in ads calling on him to resign. Not likely warning. Students are not your children anymore. A mom says kids are being indoctrinated by books that contain pornographic imagery of sex acts. Not out of the loop, a member of President Biden's Council of Economic Advisors said he doesn't believe the White House missed much at all on inflation. And Fuel Fiasco report says that uh, the president dismissed the idea that ethanol could help slash gas prices as his administration struggles to respond to rising costs. Tucker Carlson, he warns that red flag laws will not end mass shootings, but will end due process. Sean Hannity reminds that President Biden is doing exactly what he promised with the fossil fuel industry. No one should be surprised. Not so soft landing. Markets are flashing a warning sign to investors that a recession is imminent. Pariah no longer. President Biden is backtracking on Saudi the Saudi campaign pledge in desperation to lower fuel prices for Americans while failing to support American energy and jobs. Betting on uh, red, Elon Musk votes Republican for the first time and hence at who he favors for 2024. In an historic win, a Republican flipped a Texas district and will become the first Mexican-born congresswoman to serve in the House. She'll have to run for re-election in just a matter of months. Boosted by Trump, a former state AG with backing from the former president and Governor DeSantis won the Nevada Senate primary. Promising a Franken state, Democrat candidate Michael Franken said he wants to change Iowa to have more progressive thought than California. Franken is running against longtime Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican. An inside man, Senator Raphael Warnick, omitted key details on his brother's past conviction. He blames on the pandemic of racism. Warnock doesn't mention his brother was a corrupt ex-cop convicted of helping to escort cocaine traffickers. A North Korea defector says she is terrified of the massive indoctrination coming from the left in public schools, saying they are reminders of home. 
And according to a new survey, journalists are biased. Pew survey finds a majority of journalists reject the idea that both sides always deserve equal coverage. In a case of inflation deflection, President Biden lashed out at critics and deflected blame for soaring inflation. Unsurprisingly, Twitter responded. Putting kids at risk, removal of school officers following the defund movement uh, could hurt kids, police security experts say. Pulling out all the stops, the Fed is expected to intensify its inflation fight and did with a 75 basis point rate hike. Reigning in gun violence, San Francisco needs more than gun control to stop violence, the father of a slain six-year-old says. California Governor Gavin Newsom will face Republican Brian Dahl in November. Dahl is a state senator from the northern part of the state. Uh, State Senator Brian Dahl will face the California Governor Newsom in November's gubernatorial contest. Newsom won 60.8 percent of the state's voters and Dahl 15.2 percent of the vote, according to a preliminary election result. Axios says the retired U.S. Navy Vice Admiral, uh, Admiral rather, uh, Michael Franken bested former U.S. Representative Abby Finkenauer to score the Democratic nomination for Iowa's U.S. Senate seat on Tuesday and will run again against Republican Senator Chuck Grassley in November. Grassley, one of the longest serving members of the Senate in Senate history, has held the seat since 1981, has never received less than 60 percent of the vote in his reelection bid. President Biden's solar panel policy is a blatant misuse of power, so says the Federalist. Joe Biden has invoked the Defense Production Act to expedite the production of solar panels. Not only is the president's decree a transparently illegal abuse of executive power, it promises to achieve the opposite of what the law intended. The Defense Production Act gives the president authority to prepare for and respond to military conflicts, natural or man-made disasters, or acts of terrorism within the United States, not the power to create industrial policy out of the ether that rewards his favored sector of the economy. Not even the most capricious or self-serving reading of the Defense Production Act could justify the idea that helping to build solar panel components is a response to a military conflict, a disaster, or an act of terrorism. National Review weighs in, saying given the broad authority available to the executive under Section 303, the law has a financial limit. Projects authorized under Section 303 that uh, cumulatively cost over $50 million require congressional approval. In the past, very few such projects have ever exceeded that threshold, the CRS notes. But the president does have the authority to waive that financial limit if the actions he authorizes are, in his judgment, necessary to avert an industrial resource or critical technology item shortfall that would severely impair national defense capability. The president waived that limit in each of yesterday's five memoranda, meaning the executive branch now has the power to spend and subsidize as much as it wants without any input from Congress whatsoever. Well, despite the governor's opposition, Louisiana has barred trans athletes from competing against women. USA Today reports that transgender athletes are banned from competing on girls and women's sports teams after Governor uh, Democrat Governor John Bell Edwards allowed a bill to become law Monday, despite saying he was opposed to the legislation. Edwards, who voted a similar bill last um, vetoed a similar bill last year, said the law was inevitable because of its overwhelming support in the House and Senate. He allowed it to become law without his signature. It was obvious to me, he said, after two years, it was going to become law whether or not I signed or vetoed the bill. Republican um, Franklinton Senator um, Beth Mizell 
has uh, been working for two years to pass the transgender sports ban. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're just catching up on some of the news items from the last several days. We'll continue in just a few moments. But coming up in the second hour, Michael Terry, who is the co-founder of Patriots United Washington. They're holding a candidates forum on the 21st. And you're invited if you are from Clark County. More details when he joins me in the second hour. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, Senator Debbie Stabenow fueled debate as she boasted about bypassing high gas prices in her costly EV. The rest of the country is bearing $4.87 average uh, per gallon. That's actually gone up to $5 per gallon nationwide the first time in our history, with some states passing the $5 and even $6 mark. Senator Debbie Stabenow from Michigan uh, incensed conservatives on Twitter Tuesday while bragging that she doesn't have to worry about high gas prices because she drives an electric car. She also claims she can't wait for more Americans to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the whims of the oil companies. Well, the senator's comments came during uh, the Senate Finance Committee hearing on Tuesday, uh, which featured testimony from U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, Yellen uh, was called to clarify the administration's approach to tackling the high level of inflation and gas prices Americans are currently facing. A California senator plans to introduce legislation adding Drag Queen 101 to K-12 education. The California Democrat behind the state law softening sex offender requirements for sodomy with minors suggested Tuesday that he would introduce additional legislation adding the uh, course to school curriculums. Uh, The politician who represents uh, San Francisco weighed in uh, Tuesday on Republican Texas Representative Brian Slatton's promise to introduce legislation banning children from drag shows after pictures of children attending said shows in Texas. Um, The uh, bar went viral. Oregon decriminalization of drugs has backfired, leading to a staggering increase in overdoses and deaths. The Washington Examiner points out that Oregon state officials are admitting that a 2020 ballot measure to decriminalize drugs has failed the, as overdoses skyrocket and appropriated funds remain unspent. Testimony before the House Committee on Behavior Health on Thursday painted a grim picture of Oregon's efforts to encourage self-help in lieu of incarceration. When the voters of Oregon passed Measure 110, you might recall, uh, we did so because it was um, a change of policy in Oregon to improve the lives of people, to improve our communities. That's a quote from Secretary of State Shamia Fagan in a testimony. And in the years since, we haven't seen that play out. Instead, we've seen the problem with drug addictions get worse. Republican State Representative uh, Lily Morgan said her community has seen 700 percent increase in overdoses and a 120 percent increase in deaths. A California man who set out to kill Justice Kavanaugh has been arrested and charged with attempted murder. Spencer Brown, an armed California man, was arrested near the Justice's home between 1 and 2 a.m. Wednesday and allegedly told law enforcement he wanted to kill the Supreme Court justice, according to reporting from multiple sources. Um, Carol Markowitz points out, I can confirm the man taken into custody outside the justice's home last night is a 26 year old male with a California driver's license. The previous address in Seattle. The U.S. House passed Protecting Our Kids Act, which raises the age to purchase semi-automatic rifles to 21. The House on Wednesday passed a sweeping gun bill 
that would raise the minimum age to purchase an assault rifle in the U.S. from 18 to 21, even though the legislation doesn't stand much of a chance in the Senate. The bill called the Protecting Our Kids Act would also bar the sale of large capacity magazines and institute new rules that dictate proper at-home gun storage. The Democratic-held chamber approved the legislation 223 to 204. It passed in a mostly party-line vote. Five Republicans supported the measure, while two Democrats opposed it. The House earlier voted by a 228 to 199 margin to include the purchasing age provision under heavy scrutiny after two recent massacres carried out by 18-year-olds in the broader bill. The mortgage application index decreased to its lowest number in 22 years. The Wall Street Journal reported a measure of mortgage applications fell to its lowest level uh, last week. Another sign the U.S. housing market is coming back to earth after a red-hot two-year stretch. Applications fell 6.5% in the week ending the 3rd of June, the fourth consecutive week of declines, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Refinance and purchase activity, it fell 6% and 7% respectively. Higher interest rates have been weighing on demand for refinances all year, but now there are signs the slowdown has spread to purchase demand as well. Sales of existing homes in April fell to their, their slowest pace since before the pandemic. Lawn care service prices have increased more than 20 percent, leading Americans to, well, do it themselves. Again, the Wall Street Journal reports that for many landscapers, the three biggest costs of running their business, fuel, labor and equipment, all are surging in price. Well, this means many are now increasing prices for the vast services they offer. The price of lawn mowing services is up 22.4 percent. Exterior pressure washing prices rose 20 percent and tree trimming increased 9.1 percent year over year as of May, according to online home services company Angie Inc. President Biden is steering America towards stagflation. ABC reports that stagflation is the bitterest of economic pills. High inflation mixes with a weak job market to cause a toxic brew that punishes consumers and befuddles economists. For decades, most economists didn't think such a nasty concoction was even possible. They long assumed that inflation would run high only when the economy was strong and unemployment low. But an unhappy confluence of events as economists reaching back to the days of disco and the bleak high inflation, high unemployment economy of nearly a half century ago. Few think stagflation is in sight, but as a longer term threat, it can no longer be dismissed. The government estimates that the economy shrank by 1.5 percent, the annual rate from January through March. The World Bank says the recovery from the stagflation of the 1970s required steep increases in interest rates by major advanced economy central banks to quell inflation, which triggered a global recession and is a string of financial crises in emerging markets and developing economies. If current stagflationary pressures intensify, uh, the EMDEs would um, likely face severe challenges, again, because of their less well-anchored inflation expectations, elevated financial vulnerabilities, and weakening growth fundamentals. This makes it um, urgent for these um, to shore up the f- fiscal and external buffers, strengthen monetary policy frameworks, and implement reforms to reinvigorate growth. Well, Twitter agrees to share internal account data with Elon Musk to secure that buyout. The Washington Post reports that after a weeks-long impasse, Twitter's board plans to comply with Elon Musk's demand for eternal data, rather internal data, by offering access to its full firehouse, the massive stream of data 
comprising more than 500 million tweets posted every day, according to a person familiar with the company's thinking who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the state of negotiations. The move aims to end a standoff with the billionaire who has threatened to pull out of the $44 billion deal to buy Twitter unless the company provides access to data he says is necessary to evaluate the number of fake users on the platform. Well, the Mexican government is offering 1,000 visas to the massive caravan heading toward the U.S. The Washington Examiner reports that the Mexican government will attempt to quell a massive caravan of migrants traveling through the country to the United States southern border with the issuance of 1,000 humanitarian visas that would allow only a small number of the migrants to reside and work in the country legally. A caravan between six to 11,000 people departed Um, A city near Mexico's border with Guatemala on Monday, its organizer of the Center for Human Dignity, made the announcement to reporters on Tuesday. The number was dropped to between 5,000 to 8,000 just a day into the march, he said. The Mexican Asylum Agency is reportedly overwhelmed with the increase of migrants in their nation. The AP, they reported the agency processed more than 130,000 asylum requests in 2021, tripled the previous year. This year, the numbers uh, spiked another 20 percent over the 2021 levels. The administration is in the process of appealing a court order uh, stopping the administration from canceling the Title 42 protocol. In May, open border activists lobbied the administration to bring the title to an end. The court said not so much. Over 90 gymnasts abused by Dr. Nasser have sued the FBI and they're seeking one billion dollars. More than 90 women and girls, including the star gymnasts who raised concerns about Larry Nasser in 2015 that were disregarded by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, filed administrative tort claims against the agency on Wednesday, collectively seeking a billion dollars. The claimants include Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, Maggie Nichols and Ali Raisman. The elite gymnasts who were first identified in the summer of 2015 as having been sexually abused by the then doctor to the National Women's Gymnastics Team under the guise of medical treatment. The group also includes dozens of Nasser patients sexually assaulted by him for more than a year after the FBI was alerted to the gymnast's concerns, their lawyers said. The claims draw on a report released by the Justice Department's Inspector General last year that was sharply critical of the FBI. The report found the FBI agents in Indianapolis who received an initial visit by USA Gymnastics to report Nasser in July of 2015 didn't take the claim seriously, documents the evidence they received or transferred the allegations to the FBI's residential agency in Lansing, Michigan. The report also find the agents later made false statements to cover their mistakes. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We've got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour. Also in the second hour, we'll hear from Michael Terry. He's the publisher of Camus Life magazine and co-founder of Patriots United Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum that's coming up Tuesday, June the 21st. We'll talk with uh, Michael Terry about that with all the important details. News and traffic up next. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our, um, well, 
next couple of segments. Yeah, next couple of segments, we'll talk with Michael Terry, publisher of Camus Life magazine and co-founder of Patriots United Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum for Clark County. That's coming up on Tuesday, June the 21st at the RV Inn Style Resort Convention Center. We'll give you all the important details, or you can go to the KPDQ webpage or the uh, Facebook page. Well, President Biden's average approval rating keeps falling. The Daily Wire reports that the president's poll numbers continue to sink further into the doldrums as the real clear politics average of polls shows his approval rating under 40 percent. The poll of polls has Biden's approval at 39 percent. That's real queer, clear politics with an average 55 percent disapproval. His approval ratings were uh, dragged down by a new poll showing him at a record low rating and another poll showing him in the low 30s and another showing his approval languishing in the mid 30s. And that doesn't always translate into um, the fact that he cannot be or won't be reelected, but it certainly does uh, have some bearing, one would assume, on the midterm elections. National gas prices hit $5 per gallon for the first time in history. That's nationwide. The national average price of gas in the U.S. soared to a new record for the first time ever, according to data from Gas Buddy. The grim milestone comes just two months after the national average price of gas surpassed $4 per gallon for the first time since 2008. Days later, on the 7th of March, the national average broke the previous all time record when it hit $4.10 per gallon, according to Gas Buddy. Prices have risen 66% per gallon, or rather 66 cents per gallon, over the past month, the organization reported. Well, Democrats are expressing dissatisfaction with the White House over its failure at getting ahead of the crisis. They're growing increasingly frustrated by what they say is the flat-footed White House that's slow to catch up on solving a seemingly never-ending cascade of problems in the face of an unrelenting news cycle. They point to the recent baby formula shortage as the latest example of how the president failed to get ahead of the story, allowing Republicans to set the narrative as yet another failure for the White House. But they also highlighted the president's lag of other issues at the top of voters' uh, minds. Inflation and gas prices. It's really simple. Be the president, said one Democratic strategist frustrated by the administration. I realize it's tough and you're drink, uh, drinking out of a fire hose every single day, but there are things you can do to control the public perception, and they haven't done any of that. Well, Democratic strategist Christy Setzer said the White House has shown some uh, naivete in recent months in trying to control the message. The Daily Wire says the president has also been criticized for being slow off the mark on gas and food prices, as well as inflation in general. President Biden told reporters to report more fairly on his administration. Political reports that Joe Biden doesn't do many off the record chats with reporters. So the traveling White House press corps was surprised and intrigued when the president dropped by Air Force One's press section for one such session with Uh, with them during a recent trip to the West Coast. But the president wasn't just there to field questions. He had his own message to deliver. According to multiple people, the offhand, uh, the off the record session, he used much of his time with reporters to criticize the quality and tenor of press coverage of his administration. There is uh, growing frustration by the president and his uh, family that he's not receiving the kind of generally more positive coverage they believe he deserves. That too often attention is focused on staff turnover, poor poll numbers, and not a robust jobs market in America's relatively strong economic recovery. The Daily Wire weighs in saying that Biden hasn't done a sit-down with the media for over 119 days. Instead, the president did a softball interview with a late-night talk show host, Jimmy Kimmel, on Wednesday. 
Welcome to the club. That's certainly the kind of coverage the previous administration also received. New COVID vaccines will be disseminated for children under five. The Wall Street Journal says the administration outlined plans to roll out vaccines for children under age five in conjunction with educational and outreach efforts if the shots are approved by the federal regulators. Vaccinations for children under age five could begin as soon as the 21st of this month if the authorized uh, uh, shot uh, from Moderna Inc. and the Pfizer Inc. and partner BioNTech SE are authorized by the Food and Drug Administration. 10 million initial doses will be made available. We are on the cusp of having safe, highly effective vaccines for children under five, says the White House COVID-19 response coordinator on Thursday. If authorized, the vaccinations would also be available through locations such as public health clinics, community health centers and pharmacies. Polling outlets indicate Trump is uh, strong for a potential 2024 presidential run. The Morning Consult says in the June 4th through 5th survey, 53 percent of GOP voters said they would vote for Trump over at least a dozen other potential candidates if the 2024 Republican presidential primary were held today, which, of course, it will not be. The Washington Post fired reporter Felicia Sanmez, CNN reports that the Washington Post on Thursday fired the columnist, the reporter, if you will, uh, who has been extraordinarily critical of her colleagues and the newspaper's leadership over the last several days. Two people familiar with the CNN policy said the Post's termination uh, notice, a copy of which was sent or rather seen by CNN, said that uh, she was fired for misconduct that includes insubordination maligning your co-workers online and violating the Post's standards on workplace congeniality and inclusivity. Axios says in recent days, uh, her uh, critical tweets sparked a series of public spats between Post staffers, which quickly became the fodder of fascination amongst media junkies inside and outside the Post. Well, Disney fired a senior executive who was widely seen as the next CEO. The New York Times uh, said the Walt Walt Disney Corporation has abruptly fired Peter Rice and most uh, its most senior television content executive, citing an ill fit with Disney's corporate culture, according to three people briefed on the matter who spoke on condition of anonymity. Mr. Rice, chairman of Disney General Entertainment Content, a division of the company that makes more than 300 shows annually for platforms like ABC, the Disney Channel, Disney Plus, Hulu and FX, was ousted by a Bob Chapek, Disney's chief executive, in a brief meeting on Wednesday. Um, ABC, uh, Mr. Rice, who also oversaw ABC News, most recently renewed his contract at Disney in August. It ran until the end of 2024. Disney will pay him out, the people say. Well, NASA is preparing to research UFOs. CNN reports that NASA is putting a team together to study unidentified aerial phenomenon, popularly known as UFOs, the U.S. Space Agency said on Thursday. The team will gather data on events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomenon from a scientific perspective, the agency said. NASA said it was interested in UAPs from a security and safety perspective. There's no evidence that UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin, NASA added. The study will begin this fall and is expected to take nine months. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Quick break and we'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. 
Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next segment, a conversation with Michael Terry, publisher of Camus Life Magazine and co-founder of Patriots United Washington, hosting a candidates forum that's coming up next Tuesday at the RV Inn-style Resort Convention Center. The mission of the Patriots United is to give... Uh, Clark County residents, an opportunity to hear directly from conservative candidates. We'll talk about how they're defining conservative and what this is really all about. So that's coming up in our next segment. Well, all stock market gains since Biden took office are now gone. The 40-year high inflation rate has also hit Wall Street as the markets yesterday took a big tumble among growing fears of a coming recession. The Fed is, uh, well, actually, they've already done that. Uh, 41 pro-life organizations and churches have been vandalized in the last 40 days in anticipation of the Supreme Court decision. Nearly 200 campus cancel culture incidents during 2021-2022 during the school year. 25 states have now left National uh, School Boards Association as Nebraska departs, joining them. President Biden linked or rather inked a migration deal at the summit of the Americas. Despite the glaring absence of several key Central American leaders, the president touted a new agreement signed with other leaders present that pledged to stem illegal immigration. When migrants arrive on their doorstep, they can provide a a place to stay, make sure migrants can see a doctor, find opportunities to work so they don't have to undertake the dangerous journey north, the president declared. The Los Angeles Declaration on Migration and Protection is an agreement by nations in the Western Hemisphere to do more to interdict individuals illegally entering their countries, including more screenings and deportations if they don't qualify for protected status. Also, the agreement extends um, guest worker programs conspicuously absent from the summit were the presidents of Mexico, Bolivia, El Salvador, Guatemala and Honduras, all countries that account for the majority of illegal migrations. Meanwhile, morale is low among U.S. Border Patrol agents as the administration's de facto open borders policy has effectively quashed the spirit of the job. Under Biden, things are the worst they have ever been by far. One of Arizona-based agents says agents are calling in all the time. You always hear it doesn't matter or what's the point in reference to doing the job. In other news, inflation rose 8.6% in May, the highest since 1981. An explosion at a Texas LNG plant put added strain on the global energy market. And every single business leader surveyed in a new poll thinks a recession is coming. The U.S. plans to drop COVID testing requirements for international air travel. And the New York City mayor announced an end to the toddler mask mandate. The CDC is suggesting masks as protection against monkeypox or whatever they decide to call it. Uh, There are currently 31 confirmed cases of monkeypox in the U.S. While the relatively rare disease has been uh, known for years, including its means of uh, transmission, rather, which is um, via body contact, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently issued an advisory related to monkeypox that initially urged travelers to wear masks. The CDC statement read in part that wearing a mask can help protect you from many diseases, including monkeypox. But that statement is not true, as monkeypox is not an airborne disease. The CDC has since removed that statement from its site, but still recommends mask wearing for monkeypox-infected individuals while in quarantine. The mask obsession is bordering on superstition rather than scientific reality, critics point out. 
Jim Jordan says the FBI is purging conservatives. On Tuesday, the representative sent a letter to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, with allegations that the agency has actively sought to purge conservatives from its ranks. Jordan noted how the FBI has responded to agents questioning the Democrats' January 9th insurrection narrative. In one such example, Jordan said the FBI targeted and suspended the security clearance of a retired war service member who had disclosed personal views that the FBI was not being entirely forthcoming about the events on that day. Democrats straight up admitted the J6 hearing are, hearings are political theater, the Daily Caller reports, and calling it the sharpest slowdown in 80 years, the World Bank released ominous news about the recession risk. Treasury Secretary Janet Transitory Yellen says that the U.S. is facing unacceptable levels of inflation and stag, or rather shrinkflation. Cereal brands, uh, brands rather, cut the amount per box by 17 percent. Toilet paper brands slash rolls size by 24 percent. Shrinkflation. Vice President Kamala Harris announced $1.9 billion more for Central America as a massive caravan heads to the border. And George Soros prosecutors run half of America's largest jurisdictions. Louisiana bans male athletes from competing on girls and women's sports teams. And no one out sleazes the hut. The Pizza Hut is peddling a book about drag kids. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee added four members to its frontline incumbent protection program on Tuesday, allocating additional resources of safeguarding these lawmakers as Democrats see a, a seek to maintain or grow their House majority in a midterm election cycle currently projected to favor Republicans. The committee also placed 11 candidates in its red to blue program designated for challengers to incumbent Republicans or candidates for a soon to be open seat currently held by a Republican. Mitch McConnell, the uh, um, backs partisan gun deal, Boeing hopes of its passage. And the Border Patrol is preparing to discipline agents whom the Biden administration's officials accused of whipping Haitian migrants while on horseback in Del Rio, Texas, last September. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the federal agency that investigated the incident, will accuse the horse patrol uh, agents of administrative violations, according to two agency officials. It's unlikely they'll be fired, one of the sources said. CBP initially investigated the uh, incident after images of the altercation were seized, uh, seized on by Democrats and provoked national outrage. The migrants were attempting to cross the border illegally. The Department of Homeland Security's Office of the Inspector General declined to investigate, indicating that it had not found any criminal actions uh, were uh, taken by the agents, kicking it back to the CBP investigators. Nearly nine months later, CBP has yet to release the results of its in-house investigation and the employees involved remain on desk duty. Medication abortion is set to become the next culture war battleground. The South ba- Southern Baptist Convention passed two reforms on sexual abuse. The reforms passed on Tuesday include a mechanism to track credible accusations against ministers and pastors. And top SBC leaders declined to consider the measure more than a decade ago. The other reform passed was an abuse implement- implementation task force. Vadi Bakum, he lost his bid to become president of the SBC Pastors Conference. And finally, Saddleback Church will remain Southern Baptist despite ordaining women pastors. That issue will be taken up on a future date. Well, on this day in history, 1864, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton signs an order establishing a military burial ground that would become Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia.
1904, more than a thousand people die when a fire erupted aboard the steamboat General Slocum in New York's East River. 1934, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signs an act making the National Guard part of the U.S. Army in the event of war or national emergency. 1955, the United States and Britain sign a cooperation agreement concerning atomic information for mutual defense purposes. 1992, Vice President Dan Quayle, he um, relying on a faulty flashcard, erroneously instructs sixth grade student William Figueroa in, uh, from Trenton, New Jersey, to spell potato with an E during a spelling bee. He never, literally never lived that down. He wasn't seen or heard from again after his tenure was up. 1990, well, that's slight exaggeration. 1994, Israel and the Vatican established formal diplomatic relations. 1995, O.J. Simpson tries on the glove, the glove, said to have been worn by the killer of his wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman, at his trial, and they appear not to fit. 2018, former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort is jailed to await two criminal trials. A federal judge revokes his house arrest over allegations of witness tampering in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Manafort would be sentenced to more than seven years in prison on federal charges. Also in 2018, Renee Boucher, a neighbor of U.S. Senator Rand Paul, is sentenced to 30 days in prison for attacking the senator while he was out doing yard work at his Kentucky home. And finally, in 2018, President Trump announces a 25-cent tariff on up to $50 billion in Chinese imports. Well, coming up, we are going to talk with Michael Terry. He is the publisher of Camus Life magazine but the co-founder of Patriots United Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum. It's uh, unique in that it's going to provide access to conservative candidates in the um, Clark County area uh, at this forum and give attendees an opportunity to pose their questions. It's all coming up on Tuesday, June the 21st at the RV Inn Style Resort Convention Center. Uh, and we'll give you all the important details, or you can go to the website, patriotsunitedwa.com slash register. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Recently at the Pathways Run for Life, I had the opportunity to meet a Mr. Michael Terry. He is the publisher of Camus Life magazine and the co-founder of Patriots United Washington. They're hosting a candidates forum, and I found that rather fascinating and wanted to make sure our Clark County listeners were aware of it, but also to discover a bit more about the organization and uh, Michael Terry and the work that he's doing in this area. So first of all, just want to get my phone back over here. I've been out of the studio for several days, and I don't have my way of pulling, (laughs) pulling the guest up. Okay, here we go. Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, how are you, Georgine? So good to be with you. Oh, I'm doing very well. Well, as I mentioned, you and I had a brief conversation at the Pathways Run for Life, and I learned about uh, Camus Life magazine. You're the publisher and the co-founder of Patriots United. 
with the election coming up and your primary, I believe, is in August. People want to know as much as they can about the candidates that they are being asked to uh, to consider voting for. And that is becoming increasingly challenging. We don't have uh, access to information that's always very useful. So I appreciate the candidates forum that you are sponsoring. But before we get to that, let me ask you to talk a little bit about Patriots United Washington. You got it. Yeah, truly my pleasure to, to be with you. And Patriots United formed out of the, nece- the, the necessity that we have here locally in Clark County, which is much like across the country, where we see is, as citizens, we're going to hold ourselves accountable first. We've been disengaged for a long time. It's totally on us. And there's been a lot of decisions that have been made at the very local level that highly affect us. And we really see that rearing its head over the last two years in particular. So um, we're solving the issue of disengagement as Patriots United, and we're making it very easy for people here in Clark County to get involved and make a difference who have conservative values. If they're interested in making a change in their local public schools, uh, standing for medical freedoms, uh, making a difference with election integrity, so providing real solutions to people to be able to go and, and make a change locally. I know we have access these days to more information than any previous generation. However, that information we access, for example, online, isn't always very helpful. It can be misleading or um, not providing the kind of or answering the kind of questions that we might have. Your candidates forum is designed to give direct access to uh, Camas residents and to um, Clark County residents to conservative candidates who are seeking their support. Talk a little bit about the uh, the coming up, uh, the coming forum. It sure is. Yeah. So Tuesday, June 21st, starting, everybody's going to get there a little bit before 6 p.m. We're going to kick off at 6.30, but it's going to be the first time Clark County has ever had the opportunity to hear directly from all conservative candidates who want to represent their majority voice. So this includes all city and county council candidates, auditor, sheriffs, candidates for Congress and legislature. So everybody there is going to get the opportunity to hear directly from the courageous men and women during a time like this who want to step up and represent their majority voice. So we're going to be located. We actually had to change our venue, so we have a little over 500 people registered already to be there. We've got space for about 1,000, and it's going to be at the RV InStyle Resort Convention Center, which is in Hazeldale. It's right off 76th and 66th. So we encourage everybody to get there about 545, and uh, we're going to kick off promptly at 630. And uh, people are going to hear questions that are on the minds of all Clark County citizens. So um, it's, it, it's going to have three panels with uh, the opportunity for everybody to hear directly from each of the candidates. So it's, it's the first time ever Clark County uh, has had an opportunity like this to hear directly from all conservative candidates. If people have very personal questions they want to ask, we would encourage them. Go look that candidate mm-hmm. in the eyeball and, and, and ask them directly. It's, it's the opportunity to do that with all candidates in one place. Now, as you mentioned, this uh, forum is going to feature all conservative candidates. How do you define conservative and who who's invited and who's not? Is this a partisan divide or how do you define conservative? So appreciate that. So it, it's really important if someone has conservative values today, a lot of times they'll think about, you know what, um, we have a limited government job. So government has a really important role, very important role. However, limiting government jobs and really having more focus on uh, we the people going out in the private sector, putting in that work, having that hard work be rewarded, 
sure that's a part of conservative values. But what's really important today is also the limited authority of government. When somebody thinks of someone with conservative values, they're going to need to be a courageous candidate that's willing to stand with we the people if the will of the state is not in line with we the people. Now, my understanding is there are going to be three different panels. They're going to last about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, Every candidate's going to have an opportunity to answer questions, and you're inviting attendees to pose their questions directly to these candidates as well. So there'll be an opportunity to submit their questions to be asked of these candidates. And we're talking about city or county council, sheriffs, Congress, uh, lawmakers in the the Washington uh, legislature. So this is a broad swath of, of candidates who are seeking broad public support. Sure is. Yep, it's that time, too. If somebody has a, a personal question that um, really affects a small group of people or, or they themselves personally, we strongly encourage them to, to, to be a man or be a woman and go and look that candidate directly in the eye and ask them that question. So uh, there's, there's certainly it's a time where over the next five months, we have some very important decisions to make here in Clark County, uh, as well as Washington State. And people need to make informed decisions. So it's it's the opportunity to get to know each of these candidates who want to earn their vote. That'll be a question that'll be asked to them. Um, what have they been doing to earn our vote? Very important. So as you know, we, we, we live in a remarkable constitutional, constitutional republic. And uh, in order to have that republic, you got to have a, a state government that is abiding by a constitution. And In that constitutional republic, we the people, we are the supreme authority. So this is the opportunity for we the people. We have to do our part as well. We can't just go and um, make uninformed decisions. It needs to be something that's thought through. And this is the type of forum that Clark County really needs uh, to be able to to ask these questions uh, both in person and hear directly from all these candidates live on stage um, answers to what's what's most important to Clark County and Washington State citizens. In addition to giving attendees an opportunity to pose their questions, you're going to ask each candidate, why did you decide to run? What have you been doing uh, to earn the vote of uh, Clark County residents? And if someone contributed money to your campaign, what would that uh, money be used for? So there'll be general questions in addition to the questions posed by attendees from the audience. You made the point very well that it's important that we have an informed electorate. In the absence of that, we're approaching uh, tyrannical government. Uh, Why did you decide to step up and really lead in providing this opportunity for uh, Clark County voters? As I don't know if I mentioned, you're a 501c3. Patriots United isn't endorsing any candidate, but you are giving access to these candidates. What motivates you? That's correct. Yeah, it's this issue of disengagement that we've seen across Clark County and all these decisions that have led to what's going on in our public schools, what we see happening um, against people's medical freedoms. People, our bodies have always been completely off limits. What people put on their bodies, in their bodies, it's always been completely off limits. And so we see, uh, we, we even know within our constitution here in Washington state and in every constitution in every state across our country, it's illegal to test medications on people. We can't do that. Um, it's, it's against every state's constitution in our union. And it's really important today that we do our part to go out there and, and make a change um, and, and choosing to do that with wisdom and reason. So over the last two years, I've done a lot of work 
in regards to election integrity, um, what's going on in our public schools, what's happening with medical freedoms. And, and I know all the people here locally that have been doing an excellent job in each of those areas uh, and doing things the right way. And it was seven months ago when my brother-in-law's dad had come to me and said, hey, Mike, you know what? I really want to get more involved here in Clark County and make a difference. I'm ready. Let's go. And uh, he was he was apologetic about not being more involved over the last year and a half. Uh, his name's Randy. He's the owner of Maranatha Music. He's an incredible guy. And Patriots United formed over a dinner table that night with our families. And we got going. We had so much work to do. And because of the work I've been doing the previous 18 months, I knew who was doing a great job in each of those areas. And we quick, I quickly went out, recruited action committee leaders in regards to public schools, uh, election integrity, and medical freedoms. So we were off and running, and um, we have been able to build a lot of momentum very quickly here in Clark County uh, and across Washington State as well. So right now, we've just taken to social media. That's something we haven't done until this point, but it's because at the heart of it, we want to preserve the future of Clark County. So both my wife and I grew up here, uh, 37 year Clark County resident, and it's a beautiful place to call home. Uh, my wife and I have two little girls and we want to preserve the future for our family and, and, and our grandkids. So it's something that we see the spiritual warfare that's before us right now. Yeah. And as the body of Christ, we actually have to do something about it. So, um, Jesus always modeled for us that it's never been wrong to stand for what's right. Now, he, he modeled that when he came back into the temple and he saw uh, what was happening as those animals were being bought and sold for, for animal sacrifice in a holy place of worship. And there he was. He was fired up and he started flipping tables over with one hand and he was holding a whip and the other hand. He couldn't believe himself. And he modeled for us what righteous anger looks like. And he never hit anybody. He never sinned. So it's never been wrong to stand for what's right, and uh, we, we have to do our part as citizens. Uh, the founders of our country were pursuing God's will and not their own, as we, and we're reminded of that when we look at these rights that we have as United States citizens. Uh, it, they're given to us by God, and we're reminded that, of that by looking at our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, our Bill of Rights, and uh, because our founders were pursuing God's will and not their own, our government formed to serve we the people. So um, these rights weren't given to us by George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or John Hancock. It's, it's something that we actually have to, to do something about today. And we're always going to choose uh, wisdom and reason to do that. Yeah, to so, preserve what God has um, already given. Yeah. And then. Well, this uh, candidate's forum, forum rather, will give you an opportunity to hear directly from all the local conservative candidates in Clark County. It's going to be held at the RV Inn-style resort convention center on Northeast 26th Avenue in Vancouver. We're talking about Tuesday night, June the 21st, from 630 to about 815. Now, you're encouraging uh, folks to register, and how do they go about that? Yep, the, the best place to register would be Patriots United WA dot com backslash register and you can find us our website that's a landing page so patriots united wa.com backslash register our website is patriots united wa.com on social media you can find us at patriots united wa on facebook and instagram we'll be on telegram as well and truth social so those are ways that and we just got on social media as of today so it's something we're, we're, we're 
just getting going on. And um, we expect to have upwards of about 1,000 people there with over 500 people already registered. Excellent. Excellent. Again, Tuesday, June 21st at the RV In Style Resort Convention Center. Thank you so much for joining us and bringing this to our attention. And I hope our listeners in Camas will take, or I should say in Clark County, will take full advantage of the opportunity to hear from these conservative candidates. Thank you so much. Amen. Really appreciate you. Thanks so much, Georgine. Bye-bye. Again, Michael Terry, he's the publisher of Camus Life magazine and the director, I should say, the co-founder of Patriots United Washington, hosting a candidates forum Tuesday, June the 21st at the RV Inn Style Resort Convention Center in Vancouver. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back in a moment to wrap things up. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Went a little long in that segment, so we'll just mention a couple of things. The Southern Baptist Convention passed two reforms to address sexual abuse at its annual convention on Tuesday. Uh, the reforms follow a report that found the Southern Baptist Convention leaders mishandled sexual abuse claims and survivors were met um, time and time again with resistance, stonewalling, and even outright hostility from some of the executive committee. Well, the report, which was conducted by an independent firm contracted by the SBC's executive committee, covers allegations of abuse at the SBC for uh, from the year 2000 to the present. Clergy abuse allegations originally came to light in 2019 in an investigative report by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News. And last month, they published a list of hundreds of clergy and other church staff who've been credibly accused of sexual abuse. Well, the released list was a version of the previously secret document that maintained uh, they maintained for over a decade by the executive committee staff. Well, the reforms passed on Tuesday, including a mechanism to track credible accusations against ministers and pastors, um, is, reports that the top SBC leaders declined to consider the measure more than a decade ago, the Chronicle wrote. And the other reform passed was an abuse implementation task force. Well, voters overwhelmingly approved the recommendations, but some felt they were uh, they would go against the Southern Baptist belief in church autonomy. Uh, it's an assault on our polity. Uh, messenger um, Mark Copinger uh, said, according to the uh, the local news outlet, well, what they're saying is today we will choose between humility and hubris. We'll choose between repentance or continually being passive in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's a quote from Bruce Frank, chair of the SBC's Sexual Abuse Task Force. So um, change is coming to the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, they made two major decisions toward the uh, the cause of abuse reform at their annual meeting on Tuesday. The first was approving the database and the new task force to oversee denominational changes. But the second was electing Bart Barber as its next president. Well, a rural Texas pastor and denominational committee leader, he defeated opponent um, Tom Askell in a runoff on the first day of the meeting, garnering 61 percent to 38 percent of the fixed 5,600 votes. He's a Florida pastor. He leads Founders Ministries, has been backed by the Conservative Baptist Network and adopted its change the direction slogan against supposed liberal drift in the conservative evangelical denomination. Well, for the past two years, the presidential race has reflected divides in the denomination. A faction led by the fundamentalist CBN resisted the call for a robust abuse investigation that waived attorney client privilege and criticized some of the proposals that resulted from it. Well, Barber's victory, he's the new 
new uh, leader, is uh, seen as a promising sign that the recommendations for abuse reform to be considered by a new task force appointed by the president will move forward in the year ahead. It's a win not only for the convention, but for sexual abuse reform. Josh King, who's a lead pastor at Second Baptist uh, Conway, rather Con, yeah, Conway in Arkansas. Bart is going to be much more supportive and going to facilitate the direction the convention was going at this year's meeting, he went on to say. Well, his wife, Bible teacher Jackie King, acknowledged that uh, the vote still revealed a pretty distinct divide in the denomination, but a majority are saying this is the way forward, that we have to rectify the ways we've done things uh, wrong and care for survivors, end quote. Well, when Southern Baptists were uh, debating what the SBC could do under its, its uh, polity of uh, autonomous church, Churches, Barber pledged to seek justice for survivors, writing the same Bible that teaches us about local church autonomy teaches us more clearly and forcefully about loving one another. He also condemned efforts to reject the investigation's findings due to guidepost solutions affirmation of LGBT Pride Month. He'll offer a comment to the media at a press conference and did so, I should say, this morning. He succeeds uh, Ed Litton who uh, broke precedent by not seeking a second year as SPC president. He inherits the recommendations from the denomination to respond to the Hallmark um, abuse report that came last month. The folksy pastor of First Baptist Church in Farmersville, Barbara is also a Southern Baptist historian, having studied at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, where he wrote his dissertation about an historic schism among Baptists in his home state of Arkansas. He was among the Southwestern trustees who called for the 2018 dismissal of past President Paige Patterson due to his mishandling of abuse. Being Baptist isn't something he does. It's who he is, wrote Dave Miller. He's an Iowa pastor. He's the editor of the SPC Voices blog. He's all in. He loves our seminaries. He loves our missions program. He loves our church. He loves who we are and what we do. Well, he served as the chairman of the Committee on Resolutions for this year's annual meeting, which offered two statements addressing sexual abuse and survivors. And his colleague, Mac Hinsley, Hinsley rather, uh, was president of SBC's Pastors Conference. He nominated Barber and told Christianity Today that his election shows that we are united in the gospel and the call to make disciples. Well, another California uh, pastor who followed online and through the Founders Ministries podcast also felt the lingering effects of the divide and the 13.7 million member denomination. It feels like a stone in my shoe, he said. There's still a lot of work to do, but yes, God is still sovereign. So addressing issues that were uh, made uh, very public uh, over the last couple of years, uh, the Southern Baptists have come up with some major decisions to address those perceived shortcomings. Well, tomorrow we're going to uh, talk with the director of the Portland PRC's um, first image, uh, Luke Cirillo, about what happened at the, Port- the Pregnancy Resource Center and what they're anticipating in the days ahead as we wait for a decision from the U.S. Supreme Court. So we'll talk with Luke uh, tomorrow on the program. I hope you will join us. I want to thank James Blend for producing, Sam Maupin for engineering, and thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.